Hello, welcome to This Can't Be Autism. I'm your host and resident autistic, Doug Seibeck. And thank you, it's been a while, but I'm glad to be back. Today is Autism Awareness Day, and I think April is actually Autism Awareness Month. I'm very glad to be doing this, because hopefully more people will be aware of not necessarily how prevalent autism is in society, but how prevalent autistic people are, what we have to contribute, but also what we go through uh, in dealing with uh, neurotypicals and just how society is structured in general. Today, uh, I'm going to be talking about one of uh, what is a typical autistic uh, feature, which is a how to put it, a profound sense of social justice. We seem to be more acutely aware of of problems such as uh, what we see in social justice mostly. Uh, I don't necessarily think that this is uh, in itself a trait. I think more social justice or, or more sensitivity to issues of justice actually boils down to our more uh, black and white thinking, which is we, and as well as um, how we tend to notice details, see the bigger picture, and honestly see things without adding too much of our own um, personal histories, ideologies, belief systems onto uh, the evidence that we are perceiving. The, uh, this seems to happen a lot. Uh, for neurotypical people, which lets them color their realities to suit their belief systems, whereas I think autistic people uh, tend to see more of what's there in front of them, how they perceive things, either hear in media or just see uh, events in front of them, without the additional layers uh, of perception that cognition tends to add, such as emotionalism or uh, past experiences, relations with other past events. I believe autistic people tend to see an event and just see it as it is. When you combine that uh, with other things, such as being able to relate that to greater patterns in society, uh, we get a broader picture of what happens And we also want to make sure that things happen, uh, for lack of a better term, correctly. We don't like to see other people hurt or other people uh, put into uh, any disadvantageous way. Uh, That goes back to our sort of... uh, our empathy that's not really seen, it's more internalized for us in autistics. But if you add it all together, it seems to equal um, a very heightened sense of justice. Now this, I would say, is a bit under threat because this is not a time in uh, history or our society where justice is necessarily appreciated. Or at least not objective justice. There does seem to be uh, certain ideologies, and I'm not going to try and make this political or going to try to avoid doing that, uh, mostly out of fear, to be perfectly honest. 
I would be very afraid to take a stand on certain issues. Uh, this does new does not do me any credit, but it's mostly because I don't like confrontation. I don't like negativity. I try to avoid those sort of things in my life. And I realize if I actually take a stand on certain issues, they will be, uh, for the most part, unpopular uh, with certain sects. It seems to be uh, that we are getting into an era where any sort of disagreement uh, is viewed as more personal assault and, to be honest, outright heresy. And what you do with heresy is you eradicate it. And I don't feel like being eradicated. I also don't feel like having um, those who I know or friends and family and supporters and people who may uh, be anyway sympathetic listeners to this podcast uh, harassed in any way. That is a weird phenomenon I've noticed where if somehow you have a contrary opinion, you get, what's the term, doxed? which is they release your personal information and location as well as history. And the idea is somebody would then be motivated through just zeal or over-emotionalism, anger, to go and cause you physical harm. There is a lot of, uh, what's the term, swatting, where they will get uh, the now aggressive police forces out there to do... Uh, dirty work for these zealots. Uh, They'll just sort of call in a hoax or a threat and send a police to your house armed thinking that something bad is happening and they respond uh, in order to try and uh, sort of uh, take care of that threat. And it winds up being a hoax, but it is very dangerous. Many people have gotten actually killed by that sort of behavior. So this is the level of society that we're in. And it's unfortunately where justice uh, has evolved into. This is um, why I want to say it's actually not uh, in and of itself a particularly uh, autistic trait to have uh, autism. is because if you really pin people down, nobody can tell you what justice is. Uh, it is a, a beautiful concept but um, I want to say a rough analogy analogy is, uh, I think it was the Justice Warren Berger, uh, or it may have been Oliver Wendell Holmes, or somebody was basically ruling on a pornography case and somebody uh, caught him, uh, it may have been a reporter, uh, saying, you know, can you tell me what pornography is? And he said, no, but I, I know it when I see it, <laughs> is the, uh, as the story goes. Uh, One version of the story that I heard is he made that answer to a reporter as he was walking into a burlesque show, which is somewhat ironic. Uh, That would be very tame by what you can easily find in today's uh, media. But when we get to justice, uh, it's the same thing. People sort of know it, but nobody can really tell you what it is. Uh, You get all sorts of political theories I won't pretend that I'm uh, up to date on all of them because uh, a lot of political philosophy and social philosophy can get really convoluted and technical and almost so abstract as to take itself out of the realm 
of everyday life, if not reality. That's my humble opinion. Now, justice can actually range from if you've ever read The Republic of Plato. Uh, I don't think they actually teach this much anymore. I remember reading it in like junior high school. Um, I don't even think it's mentioned much, maybe in some AP classes in high schools now. But when you get there and it's talks on governments and, you know, society and how things should be ordered, uh, it does, I believe, have talks about justice. And the dirty little secret is, is Plato never, <coughs> excuse me, answers the question of what is justice? He basically tears holes through the Socratic method in what other people say justice is, but he never answers it. And it could be, um, the answers can be even now ranging from, you know, an upholding of a social contract uh, in society and that those who violate it, uh, you know, have to be held to account. Otherwise, uh, it's an enforcement mechanism to keep everybody uh, in line with the social contract. This tends to evolve into a more uh, accounting-based thinking. Uh, this is what you see a lot, especially in Western societies, the United States and even New Europe, of like you owe back to society, or you have you've paid back your debt to society through prison. Like somehow, uh, by breaking the law, that you have stolen something from the greater. Uh, amalgam of people that we call society and that you owe it back in order to restore it and once you've restored that you may now take your place back in justice in society and that is what justice is that's one way to look at it um that is a somewhat superficial way to look at it because at some point once you've proven that you're more than willing to violate the overt social contract of, you know, I do not take other people's property, I will not assault other people, I do not murder, sort of thing. Once you're proven that you're indifferent to such restrictions, uh, there really isn't much to say that you won't do it again. And that sort of recidivism rate varies greatly depending on the nature of the offense. Now, part of justice could also be is what we've seen in history. It's basically a way to make yourself feel better about vengeance, revenge. (coughs) Justice can often be seen as just the way of uh, acting in a similar way to those who have wronged you, but making yourself feel better about it so that you aren't forced to recognize, hey, I'm just like them. They wanted to do something. It wound up in me getting hurt. So I want to hurt them back. It is a natural reaction. It's an understandable reaction. Uh, But it often makes people think not too well of themselves because they want to be like, well, I'm better than that, obviously. I would never do that. Um, So justice can in a way be seen as the sort of intellectual exercise to control your emotions and keep yourself from falling into that trap of having to look at yourself in the same way as uh, those who have offended. 
I'm not sure if that's right either. It's probably somewhere in between. And justice is actually going to be one of these topics that it's a wonderful concept, but it is so abstract that we'll never really pin it down. And it will evolve and change throughout time, mostly to suit the needs of society. Uh, That said, um, I think my heightened sense of justice has most recently been uh, really triggered by several things. And, And I have to say that our society itself is actually creating the situation and basically training the people, members of our society, to violate justice, to be antisocial. And I'll get into this because what I think is, and I won't, I, and I have to avoid being political too much, is because my artistic sense of justice is I am seeing a larger senses of society. I tend to believe in individual freedoms, individual rights. I think people should be uh, basically left to their own devices. Uh, it's There's an old saying of, you know, your right to swing your fist ends just before my face. And that's kind of crude, but more or less true. And I think that that's often being violated. And often people are hypocritical because we're taking far too much feeling and emotion into account and I hate to say too much account of the individual Um, even though I do believe in individual rights people need to be accountable for their actions but we're we're swinging to the point where all of society has to accommodate almost one individual this is a theoretical I there's obviously no name I'm not going to point out you know Bob down on Main Street as this individual because that's absurd And that's mostly the argument I'll probably get from this is like, you're talking absurdities. Again, this is just me rambling my philosophical thoughts. And I wanted to talk about, you know, justice and things like that, because uh, we're got to the point now where a so-called social justice is the point where we're censoring speech, uh, people's in, in, in a very insidious way. It's not just they're being taken down, uh, books aren't being published, but often just straight journalism is being altered uh, to try to purport facts that don't exist, to change things. And you mostly get into, it's like, oh, but this is science, or this is reality, or you're denying something. And no, we're trying to report simple, objective facts, and you see that they changed. Uh, this happens all the time. Certain things are ignored so that you deliberately get a perception of events. And I find this somewhat uh, disingenuous as well as shameful on uh, the role of journalism. But I've noticed that many... Um, I've actually followed them on TikTok. Some uh, women's advocates and things that came out about how Uh, in academic freedom, they're being suppressed because some of their logical conclusions might not uh, be acceptable to all groups. And so if somebody complains, you can't say that anymore. You have to change your thinking rather than, well, if you're offended, uh, okay, you're offended. (laughs) Um, 
it's hard to define what actual damage there is done in offense, and you have to start going into uh, sort of secondary and tertiary levels of uh, possibility of what might happen, all of which sort of obviates the need of holding individuals responsible for their um, individual uh, choices. So um, that goes into like academic freedom and journalism, where the sad facts, but I think uh, mostly what is coming about is we're also on the flip side of things is for purposes of entertainment, just inculcating a sense of indulgence, which is leading to a lot of bullying. And this is where my real sense of justice comes in, because to be honest, I can't define why, and you know, it's more leaning towards uh, senses of power, powerlessness and wanting for vengeance is we see it in our entertainment, video games. Now, this isn't the Tipper Gore kind of, oh, they're, you know, we're making, you know, killers or something like that. I don't think it's that simple. I think while uh, we are doing what basically the early Roman Empire used to do of acknowledging that there is sort of pain, suffering, physical violence all around. So they, they basically used it as entertainment because they were so used to seeing it to get that sort of mental um, hurdle of it being an existential threat that they just embraced it. I don't think we're that fact, that close, but we are getting there. What I believe is in our video games, especially mobile games, is we're getting uh, people... Uh, being bullies and because in our capitalist system uh, money talks and just they just want to sell and as long as you play these games or something I play one that's based on a great sci-fi TV show uh, I don't uh, want to name it because I again I'm scared I don't want to get sued <laughs> I don't want them saying shut this off or we'll keep you tied up in court for months that's the other thing is uh, people tend to uh, not go about things the proper way. Uh, as an aside, I am sort of uh, mostly in favor of student loan debt relief because there is absolutely no justification that can hold up to scrutiny for schools, especially private colleges, to be nearly as expensive as they are. It does not cost them that much to run this. I'm not a school administrator or anything, but they just don't. I mean, Harvard has, you know, tens of billions of dollars in assets in trust that it does not use to actually pay for kids' educations. It uses to buy up property throughout the city of Boston, um, which it then does not pay taxes on, <laughs> real estate. So it not only hurts the citizens of Boston because they don't have the revenue to pay for things like uh, affordable housing, healthcare, uh, street repair, things like that. Harvard doesn't even uh, abate the tens of thousands uh, a semester it charges its students. Yeah, they offer scholarships and things like that. But again, all of those are, um, they're just very strange and they make bizarre uh exceptions for who they allow in and stuff but I'm getting off topic so um now I'm gonna try and remember where I was see this is the joy of having uh ADD or ADHD uh 
mixed in with your autism. You get a lot of thoughts and then you go off track and you miss it. So I do try to go into justice and I am going to go back to talking about how I'm offended about this video game. I play it on my phone and all of a sudden you get a couple people who have somehow managed to reach a very strong, powerful position in the game. They have a lot of resources. And then they decide, I don't like this other group. So we're going to declare war. Their resources in the game will go out and destroy all your ships. Arbitrarily. Making it so that you can't play the game. You can't enjoy it. You can't advance. You can't do anything. Uh, Because they are such a big player. Um, I believe they call... I mean, at least in this game. I'm sure it's in all of them. They're called whales. You can't do anything about it. If you give a bad review on the app stores... The app stores are either taken, the reviews are either taken down or they're deliberately changed. It just, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't go to uh, the customer service or anything because, I mean, you're not paying money. Unless you start paying thousands of dollars to this company, they, even then, because you're an individual, they don't pay attention. They don't care. They actively encourage this because most games are. Uh, some sort of, or at least the strategy games I tried to play and I don't like anymore because I'm just fed up with them, is like resource building. You have your own like star base or a castle and you go out and you find resources and you build your base larger. You get more ships, etc. Um, you have to go and hunt. But in the meantime, at a certain point, all of these big whales will go and simply destroy you over and over. So you can never get enough resources to either complete the missions you're supposed to do to unlock new ships or something, or either gather the resources just to build or even repair stuff. And it's, it is it is nothing but thuggery and bullying. And this is what our kind of culture is, is doing. Now you can argue it, that it's late stage capitalism, um, that it is rampant individualism. I don't think it's either of those. Capitalism, yes, because the company's making money. That's what they want to do. They don't care. They they will overload their system by merging servers. This is where uh, they have two different like computer servers that host people playing their games, and they decide, um, you know, they want to save money or whatever. So they'll merge servers. They'll get rid of one. Uh, of their hardware, they'll put all the people that are on both of these platforms just onto one. So now you have a lot more people competing uh, for the resources that were just hosted in one version of the game. And that just exacerbates the situation and stuff. So this is where my sense of justice is coming, that all of this sort of thing is wrong and that there's no recourse to it. I'm seeing it in things like healthcare. I recently had a health scare. That's why part of the reason why I wasn't um, on along uh, on uh, for so long is I was in an emergency room waiting to just get things for like uh, routine tests, and the emergency room was so overflowing just on a typical day that they converted areas in their hallway to quote-unquote ER rooms, to beds. And 
Now, granted, we have certain situations where local hospitals had to close. One of them was just had uh, a big, you know, physical plant. It was flooded, and so they had to tear it down. Other ones were closed around it. But uh, our state and its heavily regulated managed system just doesn't follow even market forces and build new facilities. There is, in my state, a little-known, very small uh bureaucracy just a board where if anything medical like a hospital or doctor's group or whatever wants to do something they have to pay it's usually a percentage of the cost of the project but say a hospital wants to open up a clinic in a poor neighborhood where they don't really have one this hospital or whatever has to pay a percentage probably a couple million uh, based on whatever the project over the cost of the overall project is, say it's ten million, so they probably have to pay like one million, just in a fee that they'll never get back. This is an upfront cost, and ask this board, hey, can we build this clinic? And they'd go in and say, look, there's you know, heavy wait times in the local ER. Uh, this you provide a lot of preventative care to low income people, things like that. Um, it's just a good resource. But this board, based off of whomever was appointed to, including if there are medical professionals on it, uh, would just come back and say, in our opinion, no, it's not needed. Thank you. We'll keep you a million bucks, but you can't build your project. And the people that you were trying to serve, they're just going to have to get along with whatever they had before. Um, this board at the time, years ago, was very proud of the fact that they were like... He was like per capita or something like that. Basically the biggest revenue generator of the bureaucracies uh, for the state. And I thought that this was absolutely bizarre. Why can't more of a market forces be allowed to do this? If, say, the South Shore of Massachusetts needs a new hospital, and somebody sees the opportunity and has the resources to do it, why aren't they allowed to build the hospital? And this is why. It, it's, a, it's managing costs by managing... Uh, sort of what's available. Unfortunately, managing costs also means ensuring profits. That's the downside of things. When everybody ever says managing costs, they usually mean, well, we're making it so you as an individual consumer don't have to pay too much. That we're managing the cost so it doesn't really stick it to you that hard. Well, the other side of it is, is also managing it so that the company can make enough of a profit for it to stay in business as well um that's the downside of that so that but that is the society we're getting into and this is what i see by connecting different dots and seeing different picture again getting into social justice but i'm also seeing the fact that activism isn't really working anymore it used to be you could protest and do things like that or or try to lobby uh your elected officials and this form of justice basically isn't working. You try to lobby, you try to organize, you try to get the attention of people who legally, constitutionally have the ability to affect change. And you mostly get either dismissed or what do they call lip service. They'll tell you what you want to hear, but no actions are actually done about it. Um, I've seen that 
in tons of times. I've made suggestions to my senators when they complained about the rich not paying their fair share. Uh, the big story is, is like Warren Buffett famously saying, you know, I should not pay less taxes, uh, income taxes than my secretary. My secretary shouldn't pay more in income taxes than I do. Well, that's true. And if you actually earned income, you wouldn't, Warren Buffett. And you know this because you're a rich and intelligent man. Uh, you're a billionaire. You don't get your everyday money from income. You don't earn it by what the IRS calls earnings. Even though your secretary does because you pay her for her labor. She earns it. You get your money, Warren Buffett, from uh, investments. You sort of get earnings. <laughs> you, you're, the money that you have is working for you and you're taking the money out of that. So you don't have income. You have earnings. And so I just suggested, why don't we make changes to the IRS tax code through a legislation uh, to redefine what income is? Just say any money that you get is now income and you tax it just at a flat, say, 25%. That would affect him. And he would be, in essence, paying more than what he pays his secretary because he gets more. He would then get more income. And then you get basically some large um, letter explaining how it's a complicated issue and they look into it and rest assured they're going to try and do something and nothing happens. Now, getting back to the student loans that I in essence support and I didn't really forget about I thought you thought I did and I didn't I didn't forget about that getting back to this is I used to support organizations that would try to work and organize and say hey let's get some student loan relief because you shouldn't have to take out loans that you in essence can never pay back and um, a lot of this is because uh, in theory it's just free money got to colleges and so they were able to raise the prices which means you needed to take out more loans to pay for them uh, but these organizations would say you know write to president biden tell him to get rid of student loan debts all right sure it turns out the supreme court in my humble opinion rightly said you can't do that the president doesn't spend money he can't just arbitrarily say get rid of this this is the laws and system that we work with uh, so now they send out emails like saying, help us protest against the Supreme Court. We have to intimidate them into doing what's right. Now I'm, I'm really in a quandary because I would like, and yes, I would personally benefit from it, student loan debt relief. But I know in the system of how I believe of justice, the Supreme Court doesn't do that. No court should or does do that. Uh, they can't order people to pay money or something like that. Uh, what I would say is, and I wrote to these organizations is, you've already been told it's not the Supreme Court's fault that they said the president doesn't have the authority to do this. That's just their interpretation of the Constitution, and I believe it to be accurate because we have separation of powers. Instead, their response was to try and intimidate the court and we're okay now with threatening their lives because they don't agree with us. And this sickens me. When the obvious solution is, is we should be lobbying members of Congress. They're the ones who spend money. 
they're the ones who can say, fine, we're absorbing all the debt. For whatever argument, you can call it socialism, you can call it national socialism, you can call it fascism, you can call it communism, you can call it whatever you want, but Congress has the ability to basically pay off every student loan. And they can actually have the ability to influence colleges saying, you know what? We're not going to allow anybody to get a student loan because pretty much all student loans are through some sort of government agency now. That's why you have to file your federal student aid forms every year. Uh, They could say to schools, you know, if you're charging, no matter what the school is, more than this, more than what it costs them to physically operate the school to get you there, we won't allow you to have loans. We won't allow them to do this. And the schools eventually would have to comply. There would be a hurt period uh, where students or kids would basically say, it's like, you know, I can't go to school. But schools would are, are addicted to the profits of the free money that they get through the loans. So they would eventually, very quickly, have to comply in order to keep whatever money they get. I mean, it would be almost all or nothing and they would have to just get what little they can get. Uh, so that sort of intimidation would work. But we the idea of we can't just arbitrarily vent our frustration on, say, the courts, simply because the courts have, in my opinion, rightfully denied a certain course of action. We need to go in the way that is actually effective and legal and constitutional. But that is also the one way that they're not doing it. And I suggested it. So um, that's how a sense of justice is working. And to be honest, the frustration of all of these things is causing me more to withdraw from any type of activism. I do work um, with homeless people. I try to work with poverty advocacy, things like that. This is just what I believe in. I was actually a literal card-carrying avowed communist uh, back in the 1980s, this was when Ronald Reagan was there, when I happened, and I started quickly realizing that that sort of um, thinking, the, that Leninist, Stalinist, the, com- the old Communist Party thinking, um, was just basically the corporatist, capitalist mentality with just different people in charge. It was a, They just put a different flavor on the enforcement mechanisms. And it was just different people benefiting. Uh, It wasn't any actual sort of uh, social justice. It wasn't any actual sort of uh, attempt to solve the problems, which uh, bothered me. And so I'm not, I don't consider myself a communist. I do uh, love the idea of communist uh, thinking of like having to sell your labor, etc. like that. Uh, That's what you actually do. I hate the idea that companies are, oh, we're a family here. We really look out for you. We look for work-life balance. It's like, no, you don't. You're a company. You're not friends. You're not think because when it boils down to it, um, if it's a work-life balance in my favor, in for my family or helping me, the company will say no. That's why there's always a huge push now of companies to try and get people to go back to the office, even though there was a lot of working from home during COVID, is I know companies that build, just built massive buildings, beautiful skyscrapers, invested millions in real estate and development to get them there. COVID hit, they've never been used. They want to get people into the office 
so they can better monitor and better try to squeeze out productivity and also use their investments. And that's all that it is, is trying to recoup the old corporate model. So yes, the idea of social justice, I'm thinking is circling back, because I know you think I forgot about it, of getting back into um, connecting the dots of disparate elements, because we can see larger patterns and we can see potential solutions that aren't necessarily obvious because we're more cut through to what's in front of us, what is there. And it's less wanting, it's less wishing for what could be rather than let's work with what is there. And so that's where I'm getting with our social justice because I do believe autistics are especially sensitive to issues of justice. Uh, however you define that, however you want to characterize it, I'm just going to use that as a catchphrase, despite what I said in the first 15 minutes, is we do are more sensitive to it. One, because I think we're on the receiving end of, uh, you know, bureaucratic machines' ineptitude uh, far more than <clears throat> allistics, but we're also can see it more when it happens to others. Uh, because we can connect those dots of like, hey, you're just, you know, that that's wrong. You shouldn't have to put up with that. Um, and so, I don't know. I think that our society is at an inflection point. And that the way we're going is under the illusion that some sort of, revo- you know, quiet revolution might happen and people might actually be helped. But that's more of a smokescreen in order to uh, either get support or lull into complacency. And that there isn't going to be any real change, that it is more uh, elite corruption just playing musical chairs and the music's about to stop again soon, so different people are going to grab different chairs. It's unfortunate, but this is going to be the reality we're living in. So... um, Let's go on a liner note, because this one was a bit of a rant and rave, and I tried to stay away from politics itself. I'd love to hear from uh, people to try and get their opinions. Uh, I do know that um, you're more than welcome to email me at thiscampyautism at gmail.com. I don't have uh, any current like um, ways of supporting this podcast, you know, uh, Benmo Patran, uh, uh, OnlyFans, whatever the hell it is. No, I don't take my clothes off for OnlyFans. Everybody seems to do that, but I don't. And nothing wrong with it. But uh, I appreciate asking, but no, I don't currently have that. So the best way that you can support me, the idea uh, of helping out an autistic person just get their thoughts out, work through uh, late diagnosis autism and having how to deal with this as a reality, as a, as a grown-ass adult, um, as opposed to just being a, a weird, ignored person, <laughs> is actually, there's a reason for any of this, is listen to the podcast. Ask other people to listen, like it, put reviews uh, on your platform that you read this, or it is much appreciated. Uh, it is very helpful. I go out and support any uh, autistic artist or activist or writer Uh, that's what I'm also trying to do is actually write my stories now with autistic characters authentic autistic characters and not write stories of uh, 
which tend to be more didactic in nature, but more actual stories and realities. Uh, I will develop that and get more into it as I go along. Uh, but I would appreciate your support, your reviews, your comments. And I would say for Autism Awareness Day, and I think month, is yes, go out, follow people on TikTok. That is the most popular platform now, and hopefully they won't take it away anytime soon. I don't think they will, but hopefully they don't. Is find those who are autistic, ADHD, neurodivergent. Follow them like their content, like my content out there. I don't tell you what mine is uh, simply because I I keep them separate because, again, that fear and intimidation factor, which I am overly sensitive to, uh, is uh, well in play here, is that I don't want to be shamed and browbeat and just intimidated and bullied. I don't believe that I can... uh, tolerate this as well as I would like to believe and so I don't even want to try (coughs) so I appreciate your support I think we should support all autistic people Uh, we should listen to them and try and get their point of views uh, out there because despite what you believe we're not all that prevalent Uh, we are uh, the diagnostic criteria and tools are becoming more prevalent as well as the focus which is absolutely amazing uh we're finding uh more and more uh what they would call minorities as well as uh females um are getting the diagnosis and the treatment and help that they deserve uh as autistic on the spectrum which is wonderful because unfortunately all the old, the basic criteria and, and diagnostic tools were developed uh, like so much in medicine for white men, males, especially boys. And even in that case, as in my case, is we weren't even thought of as a possibility because we didn't present in the stereotypical way. We did not just rock constantly. We were not nonverbal. We weren't headbanging as a stim um we weren't screaming and lashing out it is only the extreme cases um behaviorally uh from the point of view of holistics that were actually diagnosed and but there's so much more to the spectrum than that and i'm glad that it's being recognized i hope that it can continue to be recognized as well as understood and accepted because we seem to be trying to accept so much in society now that this is now yet another aspect which we really need to strive to work for in acceptance is autism ADHD other forms of neurodivergence and so thank you for that thank you for your support please email me please go and rate the my podcast on whatever platform I know it's on Spotify as well as the Apple podcasts and I want to thank you I've been glad to hear from everybody that has been kind enough to reach out. Glad to thank you for all for listening. And I hope to keep up with more content soon. Please let me know what you think about this particular rant because this one was risky. Social justice is a little risky, but it is a, a type of quality autistic people have um, a sensitivity to or a specific concentration to. I think it happens to be more uh, sort of a gestalt out of some of our other talents and characteristics. But you can let me know what you think. 
whether or not it's a separate issue or relation of all the others, if we have it or not, if it's necessary, if it helps, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So this is Doug Seibeck, your uh, host and resident autistic person uh, for This Can't Be Autism. And uh, thank you for being with us and hope to get back with you soon.